Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Thank you for that introduction. That was paid for. I had to give her a lot of money to make sure she said all those great things. Well, that got us off on a a laughing start. Um, It's so awesome to just stand before you and be able to share just a drop in the bucket of the things that God gives me. Because he's like a God to me that... um, Sow a thought, reap a thought, study something, get more. It just never stops coming. That's the kind of God that um, I do life with. But um, I want to pray something. But um, And I had a question that was a question at the topic of the sermon. Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Um, I don't know if anybody saw that, but that is the question that we are going to explore today. And as we explore it, this is an invitation, as was spoken before, about um, how to become one of the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And it may not be what you think, but it might be. So let's find out together. But um, I love to learn from people and from young people and from big people. And on the way to church today, I was bringing two children, and there was these two jokes. And I thought, you know what? Why not, God? I'm pretty spontaneous, so let's do the jokes before we get into the stuff. Because God's the God of the natural and the supernatural. He's a God that loves to have a merry heart, and he doesn't get mixed up if it looks spiritual or non-spiritual. To him, it's all the kingdom, as long as it's the good spiritual. So um, here's joke number one. And as I was thinking about this, I thought how prophetic it could be if you can apply prophetic to the joke. Okay, now you don't have to. Don't worry, Pastor, if you don't get this. That's good. Um, This was joke number one. So you're at a restaurant, and you're waiting on the waiter. Who is the waiter? I thought, ooh, that's good. So that's like a double question. Now the waiter becomes the waiter. So we could be a waiter at a place and wait, waiting for something, but now we can wait on the very people that we have around us. That's how I get these things, you know. I just hear the word and dissect it and flip it over and... Uh, Oh, yeah, God, I could wait while I'm waiting. I'll just serve somebody around me. And so um, the second question was, this is a little more intimate. Now, don't get me wrong, you, but it comes from a different position or place. So if you get a larger bed in your bedroom, do you have more room? I know that's deep. I guess these little kids are really sharp anyway. I thought, hmm, do I have more room in my bedroom now that I got a bigger bed? Or is it the same room as it was before? And so sometimes we just have to uh, think about those things in a different view. And I love how God says those things. So I want to pray. I'm already flipping this thing around. But um, I want to pray a prayer that Paul prayed often in Ephesians. And if you may not know this, early on in the history of Giving Light, Apostle Pastor Steve prayed this prayer often for us. And thank you because God has answered it multiple times. So your prayers are powerful and effective. And you see the fruit. Yeah, I know. Isn't that awesome? So when we pray. So I'm going to pray this Um, before we start, but I want you to just, however you can connect with the Lord, if you need to close your eyes, close and receive, because once you're open, you can get much more than if you're, keep the bottle on your water, the cap on your water bottle, and you want a drink or nothing coming out, even if it's positioned in your mouth. So um, just receive this. I don't know. If you're in class, man, you would have fun with me, I'll tell you, because you never know what's going to come out of my mouth. In fact, I never really know either. 
No, I shouldn't say never. When it comes out, I listen to what I say, and I thought, oh, that's really good. So I even teach myself by releasing what's in me that I don't even know is in me. So I'm telling you my little secret tricks here, guys. Not that they're tricks, but they're processes of experiencing God in ways that maybe I should listen to what I say. Now, we can say pretty bad things, too, and that's a good time to repent and, and uh, fill ourselves with truth. But... I'm just amazed at something sometimes. So I'm going to pray this for you, but I want you to be in a position to receive, okay? Because this is transforming. So um, here we go. Um, Ephesians 3, and I'm going to start at verse 14 um, and proceed onward. Now, you are going to receive, I promise you, because you're already focused, you're fixed, and you're open. So this is for you. So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you, and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply, intimately, and far-reaching is his love, how enduring and inclusive it is, endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request and your most unbelievable dream and expect your and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now, I could stop right there, and that would be enough to fill you all day long if you just keep meditating and receiving the power of that powerful word. The word of God is alive. I honestly experience, it's alive, it's alive, it's not a dead word, whether it comes from an individual, whether it comes as you're reading it, whether it's just a drop or a download from heaven, it is a living word, because Jesus is the word, this has nothing to do, but I just love the word because it's alive, so receive that living word, Um, so... I'm helping you to imagine. So I have a bag here. And nobody knows what's in my bag except maybe Dean, unless anybody else that peeked. Now, if you were in my classroom, I'd say, don't get in my stuff. I want it to be a surprise. And you know how surprises are. We love them. Um, but we're also curious to find out so we can not be quite so surprised because we're Is it going to be a good surprise or a bad surprise? My surprises are good surprises. Even if they take you off guard, they're still good because God is good. And so I'm modeling and and fashioning myself after how he would surprise us with good stuff. So um, my question, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, I'm going to look at you, and does anybody know or have an answer? it, It could be an answer. It doesn't have to be the right answer or the wrong answer. Just start thinking about this. Now, the answer's in the word, but if you're not sure, say, is this the answer or is that the answer? Does anybody know the answer? All right, we got a preacher pastor up here that knows the answers. We got some word people. Good job. Now, don't say it out loud. Don't give it away yet, okay? This is still the mystery that we're waiting to experience. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. You're all positioned to be the greatest in the kingdom. I'm going to let you know there's not one greatest. That takes all the pressure off. We have nobody to compete with. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because he's invited us all. So let me read this to you. 
It's in Matthew 18. At that time, the disciples came up and asked Jesus, who then is really the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, I wonder why they were asking him that question. I'm just, you know, it's good. When you see a question, what's the motive behind the question? And I will, I'll read the rest of this, but I will let you know. Uh, I've learned as I've grown up that questions are good. Because there's a time when you're afraid to ask questions, but it's a good time to ask a question. So they asked Jesus this question. And his response was, And he called a little child to himself and put him in the midst of them and said, Truly, absolutely, positively, truly I say to you, unless you repent, change, turn around. That's the meaning of repent. Because sometimes you see these words and we don't say them every day unless you're in the church all the time and then you just talk church talk, but the rest of the world doesn't have a clue what we're talking about. So we have to add a little bit more. So I guess that's why I dissect words so much because I don't do my life in the church, although I am the church, I carry the life of Christ out there where people don't talk this talk. And so if you hear these things, now you understand. I want to talk to the common folk, the people I do life with. So I need to learn their language. And believe me, I don't want to say everything they say. I repeat everything they say, but at least I know where they're coming from. Um, So repent, change, turn around, and become like little children. And then he gives a definition here of little children. Now, you could think of little children, and some of your definitions would be really awesome, positive definitions of a little child, and some of them might not be so positive. It depends what kind of experience you've had. It's like, I don't want any kids in here right now because I don't know what they're going to do. And other ones, oh, yeah, let's let the party begin. So um, this is a definition in the Word. Um, you have to become trusting, lowly, loving, forgiving. You can never enter the kingdom of heaven at all. Whoever will humble himself, therefore, and become like little children, trusting, lowly, loving, forgiving, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives and accepts and welcomes one little child like this for my sake and my name, receives and accepts and welcomes me. Now, um, before you give the answer, can I add an answer to your answer? And then it might help us to rethink this just a little bit. So we need to receive them. It's like take them by the hand. I'm going to grab hold of this. This is what I want. I'm going to take this by the hand and I'm going to make it mine. And so... um, So you look at the little kids, I've got to be a little kid, but the answer is whoever. Verse 4 says, whoever will humble. And verse 5 says, and whoever receives and accepts. So we are, is there any whoever's here? Okay, so that's all of us. We are the whoever's in this verse, okay? That's all of us. And so all of us, our mission, our job, our requirement is, oh, I just got to become like a little child, and this is the qualities or the characteristics of a little child. So um, there's a few things in here that the greatest is you can be greater, larger, you you can be the elder or the stronger. So I've sort of figured out in the way I think about this. So we all want to grow up and be big and be older and get done with school or get done with whatever, you know, and go on with life. But actually, we're growing up to grow young. So we are growing to become more childlike. And the scripture said that you'll mount up with wings as eagles, you'll run and not grow weary, you'll walk and not faint. Uh, Katie read it in or some, somebody 103. You know, you're not going to get older if you become childlike. You're going to get younger. Now, who's for that? <laughs> okay, man, we got some. Woohoo! All right, good. See, it's always fun to interact. Normally in class, I have to tell everybody, shh, shh, shh. Put your hand over your mouth. That helps to keep it quiet, you know, and gives you just something to do with your hand. But in a different setting, to be more childlike, it's like, will you guys just be quiet a little bit and let me say one more thing? And it's like, we don't have that here. So you can be more childlike and talk. Just don't talk to your neighbor too much. There you go. But, um, oh, ask questions. If you don't understand something, it's better to raise your hand or have that glazed look on your face. Because when I interact with kids or people, 
sort of have to read the body language and go, they don't, have a th they don't know anything that I'm talking about. And that's happened many times in class. Then we have to break it down because I'm not talking their language. And so little kids have a different language than big folks do. Believe it or not, you probably know that. So um, just if you don't understand something, please raise your hand or just blurt it out. That's good. I, I can handle it, honestly. It will not rock my boat too much because this is my life all the time. <laughs> So we're good to go. And um, <clears throat> the kingdom. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven. Now, what does that mean? Well, whoever means us. And so to enter the kingdom, he wants us all to have a royal power, a dominion, a rulership, a governmental place or position in this child likeness. And so... Okay, so this couldn't be possibly as hard as we think it could be. How much more do I have to study and how much more do I have to know? Just study God and know him and pay attention to what he's speaking when he speaks, even if it doesn't look like something we've learned in the past. He's doing new things all the time. So now, while I was reading this, I looked at Mary because I was trying to think of, well, what are some, who's some little childlike people in the Bible, right? Because when you're going to prepare something, it's like, I better go find some. You know, I got to have at least one example or two is even better. Three is great, but we can't do too many at one shot here. So I went to Mary and I thought, well, Mary was childlike. I mean, uh, she was a virgin. So she was a young, she was a girl of marriageable age. So Layla, you're a girl of marriageable age, according to the scripture. Your dad says, oh, no, no, no. We are not going there for a very long time. <laughs> But she could fit the description of a Mary in the culture of that day. Um, so she was one of, okay, well, she's childlike. And then I proceeded. This is all on Luke 1. It's too much to read. I just have to tell you the story. And if you don't know, I might add a few little more descriptive things in there because um, I want to be sure that we're sort of tracking together. So prior to Mary, so she's a young girl a pure girl, a righteous girl. And then prior to her story, there's another man named Zacharias. Now, he's the old dude, and she's the young girl. Um, and they he's a priest, by the way. So he even has more greatness in him based upon what you would expect him to act or be or, or respond to an angel. So he's doing his priestly job. He's married to a wife named Anna. The Bible says that they are old, they are elderly, they're past childbearing, and he's in doing his priestly thing in the altar, ministering before the Lord, because that's what priests do, and uh, an angel shows up. Now, you would think, being a priest, or a pastor, or any person, or an elder, um, if an angel shows up, this is pretty exciting, and expected, and fearful, and all those things, but his response wasn't what I would have thought a priest would respond <laughs> Um, so they were praying for a child for many, many years. I don't know how many years, but I guess, you know, if they were pretty old, you have to think at least 10 or 20. No, I guess I'm probably a long time. So the angel says, I've come to answer your prayer. And by the way, he made sure that he knew his name was Gabriel. And we've heard of the angel Gabriel in the Bible probably more than once. And uh, he says, your prayers are answered. Now, we just talked about the promises of God, you know, and those things. He prayed for a child because they had none. Finally, he gets not excited. He, and the angel even told him, you know, um, when the baby was going to come, what the baby's name was going to be, you know, this baby was going to bring great joy to the kingdom of heaven, what the baby, you know, the name. And he said, basically, he didn't believe the angel. Now, we're talking about childlike faith, and God redeems us. Praise God. So he didn't get cut off and say, well, if you don't believe, you're just not going to have this baby, even though you prayed for it, and you're waiting and waiting. Like, would you think that you would stop praying for a baby if you wanted one after you got to be a certain age, or at least past the age where you could humanly have one? <laughs> and uh, so who knows? He might have given up on this prayer, but God didn't. God heard it, and he responded at the right time in history. So it was God's answer with an angel. He didn't believe, and you know what happened to him? Does anybody know what happened because of his unbelief? <clears throat> God muted him. He was on mute until that baby was born. So the baby wasn't conceived yet, so you have to figure he couldn't say anything for over nine months. I don't know how many over nine months was. Would anybody here like to be silent for nine months or more? 
Huh, Donna's going, you got to be kidding. <laughs> I don't think so. But um, in that place of silence, you know how you give kids timeouts? You have timeout right now. Well, he had a long time out of silence. So we are going to learn to believe the word of the Lord. And God didn't, I, the Bible doesn't say that he was ever condemned, he was ever crushed, that he was shamed, because his promise, so once the baby's born, then you'll know. I'm going to prove to you this word is true. Once you see the baby and declare his name, he was unmuted. <laughs> and so isn't that awesome that even though he did not believe, his childlikeness wasn't there. But after the baby was born, babies do bring a childlikeness to us, don't they? And uh, he received a new uh, expression of believing God. So I don't want you to give up on those promises. And um, we'll get to Mary, because I just felt like I should say something, but I'm going to stay on track here. Um, so Mary, she had a visitation from an angel too, correct? Same angel, standing in the presence of God, name is Gabriel, and he gives her the announcement too, Mary, you're going to have a baby. Now, this is a girl of marriageable age, a virgin, so to speak, betrothed to a man. They're not even married yet. So she has a question too. But see, her question was not, um, yeah, right. You know, because sometimes you ask questions and you're trying to, like, um, undermine people because you're trying to be more self-righteous, you know. Um, she just, I don't understand this. How could this possibly be? I know how babies are made, and we are not doing this, so I cannot possibly be having a baby. She got the answer. The Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. The power of God's going to come. You're going to conceive and have a baby. And he, she gets all the details too. But she was never muted. <laughs> she was never silenced. Same situation. I don't know that she was praying for a baby because she wasn't that old. Um, she wasn't even married yet. But she might have had a vision for it. But it wasn't like many, 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 many years. So I want you to know that there was childlike faith in a young girl but I believe that Zacharias received his childlike faith after he saw the promise. It's like, oh, God, I can never stop believing you again. I might have messed this up one time, but I am not going to stop believing you again. You know, so, guys, even if you've been to that place where you've thrown away your childlike faith and it's just impossible, what did he tell Mary? With God, all things are possible. So go for the impossibilities because that's God's specialty. And it certainly isn't our specialty. So um, just go for that. Um, I, I feel like I just need to share this one, one thing, personal thing. Um, there was a time when, after my first husband Terry died, which many of you know him, many of you didn't, um, I never wanted to get married again. It was like not on my radar. I wasn't interested. It was just like, I've got enough other things going on in life. And I know what marriage is a commitment. And, you know, there's, there's things that are involved other than the good things. There's just time required. And I thought, I don't think I can do this, you know, and, and do everything else that's going on. But then God put in my heart, and he spoke to me at a worship service, and he said, I'm going to give you a husband. I'm going to be your husband until you get married. I thought, okay. So my childlike faith kicked in. Well, God, if you said it, I believe you said, go buy a gold ring. I went shopping for a wedding band for myself and stuck it on my finger because here was my promise because he told me that is what I should do. And so um, I won't go into the rest of the story, but I think somebody might have needed to hear, not that I'm getting a husband for you by any means, but what, <laughs> or a wife, <laughs> or a baby, there you go. But maybe, who knows, I'm not going to limit God, right, with all things. <laughs> James is going, yeah, no, no, I want in on this thing. <laughs> Uh, believe me, I wasn't thinking of you at all. So if you're thinking of you, that's between you and God. Um, but um, so I just thought I should sh throw that out to you. Um, there's many, many other things that God's spoken over the years, but um, I just felt like I needed, because it's a tangible, visible symbol of the word of the Lord that was spoken to me. It could be anything. It could be nothing. It doesn't matter. But if you know he said it, then just believe it. And don't try to make it happen, because then you get really messed up. So anyway, let's go on with this. Oh, Lord, help me, help me, help me. Um, so there was a couple other <clears throat> stories 
that, um, and while I'm talking about this, because we can multitask in our thoughts sometimes, right? We can rein them in and pull them back, and we're going somewhere here, and then, whoops, what are they talking about again? But just the characteristics of childlikeness, and what's a childlike? And so we might have a quick, random scan of everybody, and just throw your answers out, but not right now, okay? Because we have to be really clear with the kids in class, or they're right there. And I'll give you a funny example. <clears throat> we did this thing where we were practicing praying in the spirit, and so we would walk, we would dance, we would jump, we would close our eyes, we would open our eyes, we would, I mean, just whatever you could think of, because kids like to move, and they like challenges, so I said, okay, just close your eyes and pray in the spirit, so we did that for a while, and then I said, all right, now, so come on up front, well, one of the kids came up front, can I open my eyes yet? (laughs) I mean, that blew my mind. I thought, wow, God, if we would only be so in tune to your voice. Now, you said come, but you didn't say open my eyes. So uh, I said, now, I'm going to watch if you're peeking, so no peeking here now. But I never told them to open their eyes. So not right now, guys. Don't throw them out now. But it's those funny little things that I think they make us younger, you know? We just need to laugh at the things that, that our words say, and we don't quite make it clear. So anyway, back to two other Bible figures. Um, <clears throat> Do you ever remember Thomas had like a particular connotation with his name? Does anybody remember what they would call Thomas, the disciple, one of the apostles of Jesus? That's right. Oh, you guys got it now. See, don't have to raise your hand. Just shout it out. He was called Doubting Thomas. Uh, But he traveled with Jesus all that time. He heard the same word. And I thought, Lord, did he have childlike faith? I don't know why he got that name because he did. And so I went back and reread that portion in John. Well, guess what? There were the other disciples had a visitation of Jesus. Jesus showed up. Thomas wasn't there. Where was Thomas? I don't know. Does the Bible say? He didn't say where he was. He was absent from that meeting with Jesus and the rest of the disciples. So the rest of the disciples got to touch him with their hands, feel his side, you know. Whoa, this is really Jesus here, you know. I mean, he's got a form and a body, and look, there's his scars and his wounds. So they all experienced the resurrected Jesus that was promised, except for Thomas. And so then Jesus also um, breathed on on the disciples, you know, and, and gave them the commission. And, and I thought it was interesting that, you know, there's different commissions, but he said, forgive their sins as you've been forgiven and go do this or they won't be forgiven. And I thought that was very interesting. So there must have been something going on that Jesus forgave them so they could, I don't know, they could be sure to extend the same forgiveness to others that sort of missed their childlike faith at the moment, but um, they had a commission. Well, then Thomas, Jesus shows up later with Thomas, and of course Thomas said, I ain't going to believe any of this stuff unless I can do the hands-on things since you guys had your chance. He didn't say that, but I'm just thinking he might have said that. I just need to see it. And Jesus showed up. And he didn't condemn him. He just said, here you go. Here's my hands. Here's my feet. Here's my side. Now you know I'm real. I came back. And so he wasn't doubting Thomas anymore, my Lord. He knew the lordship of Jesus was there. And so his faith, I would believe, increased. But Jesus did say, blessed are you, Thomas, because you have seen even more blessed are those who have not seen. So we live in that realm of lots of things that we don't see. So we're, say, I'm more blessed. (laughs) I'm more blessed because some of the things we see and some of the things we don't see, but we're going to keep believing anyway because we believe that all things are possible to those who believe. So um, that was Thomas. And then... I know Peter gets a lot of stories talked about him, and he's one of the heroes of faith because he messed up a lot of times. But he didn't get thrown off the ship. He just got extra chances to get it right. So don't we love Peter in the fact that, you know, in our language, he really messed it up big time. But God, Jesus didn't disown him. He didn't disqualify him. He actually gave him an amazing assignment to take care of the sheep and the lamb and feed them and care for them. But um, the thing with Jesus, when, when he was in the boat and saw Jesus on the water, and man, I'm getting my childlike faith in gear here. I am going out and I'm going to do this. And how did he do it? He had to climb out in a storm 
With winds howling and blowing, I can imagine, I don't know, because see, that's part of the childlike quality. If you had imagination on your list of kids, that's a good one. <laughs> so chalk that off as, yeah, childlikeness, you have an imagination that will not quit. Um, so he gets out there, and of course, we always recognize Thomas, yeah, but he sank, you know, so he failed the walking test, but at least he started walking. And the other disciples that were in the boat, where is their childlike faith? I don't know, but they didn't ask to come out. At least they didn't go out without asking, so I guess we chalk it up for that, you know. You can come out now. But, um, but Peter was walking until what happened? He took his eyes off of the one who called him to come. So we can learn from that, though, can't we? So now if we're sinking somewhere, it's not going so well, we're bombarded with amazing, horrible thoughts that we wouldn't think, okay, get my eyes back on Jesus, tell those thoughts, those vain imaginations, those grumbles against people. I've been having to do this for about the last month now, Dean would know. And so every time these thoughts come up about people that God would never say those things about, plus I'm trying to make sure they get into the kingdom of heaven and my evil thoughts would definitely not be getting them into the kingdom of heaven. They would be if my words and my thoughts came as one, they would be making landing spots for the devil to convince the people that um, are basically not friendly at the moment, and it's not family, so don't worry. You don't have to try to figure out who it is. I would be inviting um, lies to partner with me to reinforce the things that are already coming against me. So it's like, I got to get my eyes back here, God. These thoughts are not my thoughts. These weren't my thoughts before this happened, so they're not going to be my thoughts after this bad thing happens, right? And so, okay, Lord, thank you. Get me back. I'm trying to just help you to learn how this childlike stuff works in real life, you know? And uh, so I said, well, you know, this is how it's going to be. Every time I have a bad thought, this is my invitation to pray and bless him even more. So how does the devil like that? Not so much, you know? And uh, so that's good because we're not liking him too much either. Uh, so, you know, just pray for those that persecute you. That's scriptural, right? Bless them. So we do. And I can just sense the whole atmosphere changing. So um, that, that's the personal stuff. So Peter, um, so let me just go on here now. Some things about, um, I don't know if we're going to use any of this or not. Because we've, probably not. But you might want to look in my bag later because you don't know what's in there and all the kids would want to know what's in there. Does anybody want to know what's in the bag? You probably would be totally surprised. Does anybody have any thoughts of what's in the bag? Elena could think, it could be anything coming from Debbie, let me tell you. When I have helpers in class and they see a dead bug on the floor, I better let that there. That might be an object lesson. She might be going to use that for something. <laughs> and I do sometimes do that kind of stuff shock therapy, imagination therapy. I don't know, but it's like this is where we live, so let's do with what we live with, right? And it's, the kids like it. I hope you guys like it. And if you're fearful of bugs, we'll use something different. But there's no bugs in there. Just to, And I'm telling the truth. This is not a trick. But <laughs> Larry, you never know, do you? But <laughs> so let's go on with um, some. We have to Lord, show me how to become more childlike. Lord, I might be stuck in a rut. And I, I realize that um, God is such a hands-on God. I mean, if he made Adam out of dust from the dirt, I guess he used his hands. I don't know any other way to make something, but maybe he didn't use his hands. Pastor's going, I would imagine he formed him, he fashioned him in his image and likeness. So God's a hands-on God. He doesn't mind getting his hands dirty, and he likes to get his hands on us to help us be conformed and be molded into his image and likeness. So sometimes there's some hands-on. If you're making pottery or clay, you know, there's some hands-on work to make that, make that piece of pottery turn into the thing that you imagined in your mind. It isn't like ceramic where you pour it into a mold and it's done. Uh, this is hands-on stuff. So God likes to do that with us. Um, so how does that happen? Well, I believe as babies, um, if you've ever held a baby, and we have some babies here now, and you put your finger out, do they hold on to your finger? 
we're already reaching, we're already grasping, we're already taking the very things that God gave us to engage in the natural realm as well as the supernatural realm. So babies reach. And then as babies reach, they put everything in their mouths, right? Everything. That's why we have to be guardians of the babies sometimes because <laughs> you never know what's going to come out of their mouth unless you watch. I mean, I remember my, young, my first daughter... I heard this crunch, crunch. She was eating a Japanese beetle. <laughs> eee, yeah, right? It's like yum. She would eat the milk bones with our white German shepherd. And I thought, well, that's not as bad as a Japanese beetle. I know, isn't that sound disgusting? But remember, you were a baby once too. You don't know what you ate. <laughs> so, and we all lived through it. So sometimes we overprotect our children. Imagine this. Don't touch. Have we done that one? Don't touch that. Up. Oh, if you're going to the store, do not touch anything. You can look but not touch. Now, I'm not saying that that's a bad fashion, but um, be careful of what? Well, you might get hurt. I didn't know. But, but we're already planting within our children. Now, if you've done that, just repent. Change your mind. Say, oh, I didn't realize I did that, God. I don't want to be like that anymore. And you know what? You can turn it around. Um, so don't touch. So now in the things of the spirit, I don't know if I should lay hands on that person or not. You know, I mean, I mean, you can have these ingrained things. And we do live in a culture that is a little more germaphobic than it used to be. <clears throat> so we're not sure what to do with our hands anymore and where everybody else's have been. So, but childlikeness, that's what I'm talking about. That's how we explore. That's how we learn. That's how we have to pick something up and examine it and turn it over. And if you've watched kids building or drawing or playing Legos, they'll just keep doing it over and over and over and over and over again if it's something they're focused on till they like what they've created. And um, <clears throat> that's just one of the things. Um, when we play hide-and-seek with babies, is that a fun thing to do? Do most, have any of us ever done play hide-and-seek? <clears throat> and what, yeah, peekaboo, hide-and-seek, peekaboo, peekaboo. And why do we do that? Is it so they can't find it? So they can't see what we're trying to... Uh, hide from them? Absolutely not. It's to engage them in a relationship of looking, of seeking, of reminding that now you see me, now you don't, but I'm still here. And, um, <clears throat> you know, the scripture says, um, seek, you know, we, we sang about seeking God. So we are naturally bent or created to seek after. We're, we're made that way, to seek after things. And so when we do that with God, he likes us to play hide and seek with him. Not that he's hiding from us. He likes us to find him and he'll go, surprise, it's me. And uh, we'll go, oh, yeah, I found him this time. Now, I'm not saying this is a hard thing. I'm trying to make this naturally supernatural for you. This isn't something you have to withdraw from. But press into it and just enjoy the process. Um, because the scripture says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings is a certain it out and we want to become as a little child to enter the kingdom of heaven so when we don't know something um, God's glory says it's to search it out let's go have an adventure we all like adventures my grandkids are in Legoland this weekend you know I mean that's probably a great adventure for them because oh my gosh Legos are like oh my god okay for those of us who had Lego experiences <clears throat> Don't throw your boxes away. Save every piece. If you don't assemble it, the value will definitely go up. But God's not putting value. Now that I just God doesn't put value on what we shouldn't touch. I want you to assemble it. I want you to be a mastermind of creation. I want you to build those things that the pattern doesn't say to build. Go build something else. You've got plenty of pieces, plenty of parts. And if you don't have more, the store's filled with more. No, God's filled with more. So he's the God of the more, the more, the more. So go have fun with the things that are around you. But if you have Legos, you know, that's a fun thing too. And, and the Lego builders, in this world. I'm not one of them, just so you know. It's one of the most boring things I could do. Okay, I'll sit and do Legos. This is I remember. But they would just do it, but they wanted me to be a part of it. But I didn't like doing it, you know? And I don't like playing with Barbies either, but I like doing other stuff. Let's go on a treasure hunt. Let's go out and find some great 
finds, you know, whether it's in the marketplace or whether it's in the woods, it doesn't matter. So those are different kinds of things I seek of. But um, I'm watching this clock and I'm going, all right, Lord, how are we going to do this quickly here? Um, <clears throat> so a few of the things um, when you're, I'm going to do this one thing because this is so much fun. And okay, do you want to be my helper? Oh, I just need two helpers. <laughs> Because this is an amazing little, and I don't want to get this near the microphone because I don't know who would mess it up or not. Does a magnet mess up a microphone? Yeah, we don't want to try it, do we? Okay, you hold this. <laughs> now, God draws us. He attracts us. And when we're gone, there's just like this attraction that won't let up. I have two spoons here. So here's God. And you might have to step to the middle, I guess, because I think we're being online. So... All you online folks, this is awesome. All right, I need two people. One of you, two of you. I have two spoons. This isn't, you don't have to put it in your mouth. You don't have to do any. I'm just trying to erase the fears of what you're going to have me do with this spoon. Don't stick it up your nose. Be childlike. So I'm trying to help us. Uh, so I just need two people to hold the spoon. Come on, people. Hurry up, hurry up. Oh, hoo, hoo. okay. Me and you, see how childlike we're getting, Scott? You pick one. All right, you pick the other one. Now, <clears throat> how are you going to know if God's drawing you? Okay, he's God, so get over there, and you'll find out if it's God or not. Two spoons. One stuck. Does it stay on? You can let go of it. <laughs> what happened to yours, Scott? And often, okay, that must not be God drawing you then. So you know what? I would probably not stick with that plan, that purpose, that idea that I think Brianna said, well, maybe it wasn't God, so it's not going to be a fulfilled promise. But I mean, and then you can't let it go. You can't get rid of it. It's like when you know it's, it's a God message or a word it just doesn't go away like you can't erase it like you can erase things on chalkboard oh you want to trade all right so that was the purpose of that so thank you guys did you like that oh yeah it's a spoon they do look alike see how thoughts can look so much I don't know, you know what, I didn't, I, I just knew that it had to be a different material. So we won't, we won't do all the other props right now. But um, so if it connects with God and you can't erase it and it's like, man, I just keep coming back. God said I'm going to be married. Maybe I should go try to figure out, I don't go to bars. I don't know how I'm going to ever see somebody that could possibly be a marriageable person in my life. And I won't tell you how that all happened, but we have to. Ah, you can ask Dean. That's okay. Isn't, isn't surprises or mysteries fun? I got to read the next chapter, man. I can't sit down to finish this book. But um, all right, let's finish this up here, Lord. Okay, so asking questions. <clears throat> so hands on. So um, if we've done that and we've bought into that lie, don't touch, don't touch, don't touch, don't feel, don't look, you know, just stay away from that. And it was just shutting us down as an explorer in the kingdom. God, just release us from that in the name of Jesus. I just pray a release and a forgiveness of anyone, Father, in our lives who have shut us down, who have uh, hindered us from the access of your kingdom, Lord, because you want so much to teach us more than we could think, dream, or imagine. So, God, we, we receive that childlikeness now, and we thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Um, let me just, there's one more thing I really felt the Lord dropped into me, and you're going to be surprised at this, but I think it's important to say it. Um, there's two things before that I'm just going to cover. Um, when you're a child, do you consider if you're qualified to be a a kid of your parent when you're a little child? I don't know if I'm qualified or not. You know, maybe my parents aren't qualified. I mean, we don't have to qualify ourselves to be children of God. We just are because we're royalty. The king doesn't kick out his kids. I mean, you are already qualified, believe me. And you didn't have to take any tests. You just had to say, yes, Jesus, you are my Lord. I receive you. He said, you're qualified. You are in nothing more to do. But now you have to follow him too. Don't back off. And um, <clears throat> do children, don't try to work. We don't have to work for God's attention or favor. In 
a little child's mind. We don't learn that till somebody else introduces that. They're your favorite. Well, I know what I can do to become your favorite. See, in God's eyes, we're all his kids. So we're all the greatest because we're the whoever's. And because he loves us all equally, we don't have to do more or less to gain that position of um, just favoritism. We don't have to compete. We don't have to do that. And do you know how children play so much? Well, plays their work. Plays their work. We work so much and forget to play sometimes. And I'm not saying quit your jobs or anything like that. <laughs> Believe me, that wasn't what I meant. Just in case, well, she said, no, I did not. <laughs> Kids will say, well, you said that's not what I meant. Let's try it again. So just enjoy the process in your work, whatever it is. Do it as unto the Lord because your work is your worship. It's your place to play. It's your place to plug into God and say, God, this don't feel like too much fun. I guess it didn't feel like too much fun either when Jesus went to the cross, but he had a greater vision ahead of him. So joy was coming. So that's the other thing. And then kids don't worry. I wonder if we're going to have enough food tonight. Little children, they learn that when we'll say, oh, we're too broke. We're too poor. We don't have enough money for that. Oh, we don't? No, we don't. Wait a minute. Let's back up a little bit. Now that particular situation could be true at the moment, but is it good for us to hear it because then we develop a belief system to receive it that if my dad or my father or my mother doesn't quite have enough, maybe God doesn't quite have enough. When the word contradicts that totally, which we heard again this morning. So they don't worry about money. <laughs> they just think it grows on trees. I know we've heard that expression. Or they just whip out the plastic, you know. I mean, that's how they think it happens, you know. So there's financial things we have to learn. But um, money doesn't... You know, they don't worry about those things. So there's something that I feel is important that the Lord wanted me to read to us. Because if we're stuck in that place where um, we don't believe quite that there's enough for me or enough for you, and we are living in a place right now where that is very relevant, that's why we need to trust God. And we can trust him when we hear and obey. And so this is what his word says in Malachi, okay? 3, 8 through 12. So children are not thieves. They're not robbers because they don't even consider it. Now they'll eventually get me, mine, you know, that's mine. I want it, it's mine. But their intention isn't to steal it. Their intention is to experience it. So this question in Malachi, should a man rob God? Well, what's the answer? No. Why not? <laughs> you figure that one out. You answer your own question. Um, but you rob me. And you ask, how have we robbed you? All right, here's his answer. You have robbed me in your offerings and the tenth of your crops. Back then, their, their money was in the fashion of crops or increase, animals, food, whatever they produce. That was their tithe. So a curse is on you because the whole nation has robbed me. Bring to the storehouse a tenth of what you gain. Then there will be food in my house. Test me in this. Okay, this is your time to test God. Really? Oh, that's what the Bible says. Says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out more blessing than you have room for. I will stop the insects so they won't eat your crops. The grapes won't fall from your vines before they are ready to pick, says the Lord of heaven's armies. All the nations will call you blessed. You will have a pleasant country, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And I present that before you only because children don't worry about money. So as a child like whoever, the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, if we're doing this, it's all taken care of. Man, there are provision upon provision so that we can be a provider to those who do not have. But we need to do this too. So that's our childlikeness in the kingdom. And you know what? Just like Zacharias, I don't believe it. Why are we doing it? In his old age, he still had the promise fulfilled. So if you have or are or in the past, this isn't condemning. This is, yay, God, now I know what I need to do. And you'll say, well, you don't know how it looks. And um, you know what? He had his time 
of pause or of mute, and now I need to listen again to what you say, God, because you said you answered my prayer. So this is the way that I'm answering it. Obey the word and your prayers are answered. You will have more than enough. So um, I wanted to just uh, share that out with you. Ask questions. Keep asking questions. And we know that it's God because there's a connection. We are led forth with peace. And what does peace feel like? I asked the kids this, and they gave me different answers. So what does peace represent to you? Let's look to the word. But the one thing they said was, well, it's really quiet. And I said, well, you could be in a storm or a thunderstorm, and it could be really noisy, but inside, you're really quiet. So yes, when you're in peace with God, you, it is quiet on the inside, even if the chatter on the outside is like really, really making you nervous. Um, so he, we are led forth with peace. Um, that's all I think I should say because we need to close for the day. But does anybody have any questions? This is your big chance before we dismiss. Okay, well, can I pray for you? And then we'll have the healing team come up. You guys have been awesome. You are who, uh, whoever who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven because you are born into a kingdom, a Lord, a king, is yours. And so it's not as hard or difficult as it is because he didn't tell you to go to college and get five degrees. He just said, become like a little child. So wow, that's a lot easier than having to go spend five more years in college before I can get this greatest thing down, you know? So thank God he didn't make it hard. It's a simple gospel. Yes. yes. So Father, I just thank you that you are a God who gives us things that are not troublesome that are not hard, but they're alive in us because your word is alive and it leads us. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here to lead each one as we grow into that childlikeness in our aging with you. God, I thank you for wisdom and discernment being released now. I bless this family. I bless them, God. And I thank you, God, for just the miraculous being released to them now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Amen. And healing team, you may come up, and you can stick around and peek in my bag, and we can have a show and tell later if you want to. Okay, anybody have words? Today is Pentecost Sunday, and I just believe that God wants to move by his spirit. So if anyone really wants a fresh touch or even uh, to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, we are here to pray for you. Um, in Joel, it talked about in the last days that God would pour out his spirit, that old men would dream dreams and young men would receive visions, and that includes ladies too. So in Acts 2, uh, it repeats that, and there was really the manifestation of the tongues of fire that came down and baptized those that were obedient to, to stay in the upper room. So... Uh, I encourage you if you want a French fresh touch. And I also had that right knee again. So, uh, anyway. <laughs>